Wrapping up our number one here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities. We are joined now by our Football Friday friend, Michael Rose-Ivy, former Nebraska Cornhusker, current high school coach. MRI, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's a little, uh, a little cold out here this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> A little chilly in our neck of the woods here as well. Hope I'm, we're hoping it warms up a little bit for tonight's high school. It's chilly in Centennial season. That's it's right. Fun. That's right. That's what we do. It's in, football weather. That's what we do in Nebraska. You remember that, don't you? I don't partake. <laughs> See, I'll eat them separate. I'm not putting the chili on the cinnamon roll. I'll eat them separately, though. Yeah, yeah. They uh, are not going to be eaten in the same city, and I will tell you that much. It's a lot of carbs. you got a carbo load. Uh, yeah, that's the reason. It's because of the carbs. Uh, Michael, let's look back real quick uh, before we look at Maryland to the Michigan State game. Um, you know, I, I think you can make the argument that Nebraska really didn't play that much differently than they had in the three wins preceding that uh it just they had a couple more plays that uh the that the defense gave up a couple more splash plays especially with the secondary Uh, what did you see in that game that was I guess anything that was concerning for you moving forward uh, on that side I just think the the ineffectiveness I guess the lack of efficiency in the run game um you know the ability to get key first downs in short yardage situations um, running on early downs, I think that's one of the – I mean, everyone looks at third down. Obviously, Nebraska wasn't great on third down or fourth down. Um, but the first down efficiency and just being able to get at least four yards. You know, we tracked that at high school, um, probably every college track. So, you know, just get four four yards on first down. Um, and when they don't – when they're not able to do that, it puts them obviously in a disadvantaged situation, you know, second and third and long because now we're forcing, um, you know, Harvard to be a, 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 a pass first, you know, kind of guy and, uh, maybe be able to make some plays happen with the Campbell game, but you know, with the amount of young receivers and um, you know, kind of how things are smoothed up, it's not an advantage for Nebraska in those long third down situations. So I think um, you know, getting more uh, efficient in the run game um, is something that they have to key in on as they close out the year. Because I know that's something that they want to hang their hat on uh, and be able to run whenever they whenever they would like to. So. Um, that's probably the most most concerning thing I, I would say. You know, being able to be able to be efficient in the right game. MRI, we just got done uh, in the previous segment talking about Talia Tungavailoa, um, and you, it, you know, you played with with great quarterbacks too: Taylor Martinez, Tommy Armstrong Jr. Just both QBs that were outstanding talents at the university. Uh, guys that can not only light up the stat sheet but play janitor to clean up mistakes around them. Maryland has that guy in Talia. So I, I guess my question to you is just how nice was it to play for a team that has a player that, you know, um, can, can be that person for your squad week in and week out that can play janitor? Yeah, I mean, it definitely kind of – Puts, um, you know, it takes a little pressure off of, you know, off of people. But I think for a defense, I think it puts more pressure because you know you know that, you know, if this guy um, is giving his all and he, you know, he's, you know, helping us get out of bad situations more times than not, you know, at some point you want to be like, well, let's not put him in those situations. You know, um, I think what uh, Talia does very well is, um, you know, cipher coverages. Obviously, he's been around Coach Locksley. 
um, you know, for, for quite a time. And, you know, after NFL RPO style offense. So um, I think his, his poise and just having a quarterback to have that poise and, and you look at him after maybe a, a bad drive by the defense or an unfortunate drive maybe even for the offense that, hey, they're, you know, going back to their guys, hey, we got this, we, we know we know what it is, hey, that's on me. Um, you know what it needs to be said, but more so the action that goes after you know, coming on the sideline, uh, you know, and, and, and stepping up to those moments. So I think that's the joy of having those type of guys that are leading the team, especially as quarterback. Michael, you mentioned putting guys in places to be successful. I'm curious, as you watch Heinrich Harburg, and obviously he struggled throwing the ball last week and has struggled at, at times throughout the season in the passing game. Have you seen anything that you think he looks really comfortable doing in the passing game that you'd like to see Nebraska do a little bit more? Um, the only thing I would say he looks comfortable with maybe more so the you know when he's able to use his legs and like get around the edge on bootleg type things. Um, when he's able to kind of get outside of being in the you know just straight up in the pocket, you know you can obviously see some moments in where he's um, still you know a little bit happy feet, you know. Um, with maybe not even the, the, the strongest of pressure, especially in the A-gap when he's looking for kind of ways out or eyes are getting off his, his progression and kind of trying to find his check down low too early. Um, you know, I think getting him, getting him off his platform and trying to get him moving in the pocket. Um, but doing those type of things, you know, rolling out, you know, you don't want to just roll out and sprint out, you know, the whole game because you're cutting half the field down. Uh, so you're going to have to be able to run the football to get those eyes going other places on the defense side of the ball. Um you know, what would you like to see a lot more, you know, being able to make those throws across the middle at a consistent rate and, you know, being able to put it on those guys at the 10 to 15-yard mark. Um, you know, I think that's what they're missing. I think everybody, you know, obviously we want to be a physical run first, you know, pounded at you. But, you know, just the way defense are structured nowadays, um, you know, a lot of guys are defending the pass in a way to get to the run, meaning, you know, we're going to we're gonna fit, you know, our run fits are based on our pass coverage, right? So if I got the flat, that's going to tell me where my leverage is going to be, right, regardless of what position or where you're at. Um, so I think with, with that structure and with that mindset, you know, being able to complete those intermediate passes would definitely help open up their run game and, and help them be a little bit more explosive and, and take a little pressure off, obviously, an a injured and hurt O-line. Uh, Michael, you mentioned rolling out and maybe cutting the field in half and how that can be a negative, but for a guy like Harburg that has – at times struggled to make the right reads and is thrown into double and triple coverage sometimes, is maybe cutting the field in half so he doesn't have as much to look at, maybe a positive as well? Yeah, yeah, and that's the catch-22. You know, you cut down his, his reads and make it make it more simpler, but, um, you know, you also do that for for the defense, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't, um, you know, you, you, you kind of get that same focus in, Um and then kind of start adjusting your coverages. You know, that obviously there's going to be somebody in the, in the in a short flat, somebody going to be in the deeper intermediate intermediate sideline area. So um, it, it makes you, uh, you know, kind of predictable, and that's kind of the situation they're kind of in. Is, you know, figuring out being, how can we be efficient enough to run the football, you know, including Harburg, you know, and the, and the running back like him uh and being able to pass. You know, obviously I think he would have had 28 pass attempts. You know, I don't think that's anywhere near where they want him as far as past tense, you know, at a game, you know, I think a solid 15 to 18, you know, and that means you're running the football really, really well. Um, but obviously, like I said, with the old line, you know, they're trying to figure out what, what the what the team, what can be able to give them the best result with those guys. So, um, you know, I think the sprint out stuff could be stuff they can use, you know, in, in spurts, especially third downs, 
So I think that's where I think where the eyes get big for him are definitely on those third and eighth, third and third and long. So you know, maybe using those things on some on some third and longs to be able to just cut his vision down, give him two options. Hey, you're either going to throw it to the first guy in the flat, or you're going to run and take it up the sideline, and we'll punt it and play good defense. So, uh, you know, I definitely think it helps. You know, but it also is, like I said, catch twenty-two. Michael, Maryland, not a typically good November team. Plus, they've lost four in a row. Nebraska needs to become a good November team here so they can at least get one more to get bowl eligible. How do you think that plays into Nebraska's favor, though, this weekend of Maryland not being typically a good November team? I mean, I think coming off of the Michigan State game, you know, they were on a what a six-game losing streak, I believe, and, you know, a lot of I thought felt like a lot of Husker fans were very confident about this game, and I said it last week. I, I knew Michigan State; they had to play a tough schedule. They've been gone through a lot, but senior night, all that, all that stuff, you know, that kind of goes into it. Um, so I, I think I think Nebraska can't be look, overlooking anything about Maryland. You know, I think they're both in the same spot. This is Maryland's you know, last kind of opportunity, possibly for them to get bowl eligible. Just looking at their schedule and the teams they play. For Nebraska, I mean, just being honest with what we've seen, the product of the season and those signs in Iowa, those aren't going to be two easy games for them. Um, so some, so I think both teams are going to be hungry. Both teams are going to want this game because they, they understand the context of their season. Um, so it's going to be another tough battle. I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting coming off of the Michigan State game, the way the receivers may play uh, against Nebraska's defense, um, you know, how they're going to be able to adjust their coverage and, and alter their matchup. Um, with with Maryland, like I said, I mean this is a very much a, a NFL RPO um, style offense, and they're gonna they're gonna take advantage of those spots and, and find where you're rotating and put guys in them, and you know still try to run the ball decently. But if, if it gets to be in a game where they want to lead the third for forty passes, they they feel comfortable doing that, you know. So I think that's gonna be the interesting thing to see this weekend. Michael, just over a minute left here. What are a couple of keys for you if Nebraska is going to come away with the victory and bowl eligibility? Um, offensive line, um, you know, controlling tackle for losses. That's one thing I look just looking at the box score from the Michigan State game, as well as Nebraska played, uh, you know, against the run and, and things like that. I mean, Michigan State had about 12 to, 12 to 15, I think, tackles for losses, you know, throughout their defense. So I think offensive line controlling the tackles for losses. Um, defense, how they match up in the secondary, what are going to be the new, um, you know, things they're going to do this week to be able to control the pass game and not allow those big plays. And then, obviously, you're going to have to heat up and get after the quarterback. Um, and then, obviously, take care of the football. So, we look for those things. And um, I think Nebraska, you know, comes away with the win this, this, this week and, um, you know, gets ready for Wisconsin. That's Michael Rose, Ivy, former Husker, current high school coach. Michael, we appreciate you. As always, good stuff. We'll talk to you again next week. No problem. Appreciate you guys. Go Big Red. Thanks, MRI. That's right. Go Big Red. That's Michael Rosivi on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Reminder, you can go out to the Warhorse Sportsbook both in Omaha and I went Lincoln. to Omaha now. yesterday. How the was Omaha that? location. It was unique because the road to get there was like a long stretch of road, yeah. and you feel like you're going the wrong way yeah. because you're driving through the racetrack, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you go over the track, but the signage there is great. It's really easy to find, and then the trailer's super easy to access those kiosks too. 6303 Q Street at Horseman's Park. You can go to the War Horse Casino website or the War Horse Casino app and build your bets and then head out to Lincoln or Omaha.